0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ministry-Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm, of course, your host, Brad Gray. This is episode number 38, and I am so happy to be sharing this episode with you. I am just thrilled to uh, share with you another uh, fabulous conversation uh, between myself and Tolian Chavidjian. As you know, Tolian is uh, a pretty good friend of mine. Uh, we've um, interacted on several occasions, and we've had lots and lots of um, conversations through the years, and um, today I was just uh, really excited, I'm just really excited to share this conversation with you, sort of talking about um, the Christian life and what it means to live as one who is fallen and free. There's that, you know, that familiar uh, Lutheran phrase. It might be familiar to uh, some of you that are listening. Uh, Simul justus et peccator, simultaneously justified and sinner. And uh, we kind of unpack that phrase and what it means to live as a as a as a justified and and sinning uh, Christian, as a fallen and free person. What that means and what that looks like and why uh, understanding that sort of uh, reality, that dichotomy at the same time is so important to understanding uh, the Christian life as a whole and why grace speaks to that reality um, really, really well. Uh, And I hope you will be encouraged by this episode. I know uh, that you will. Uh, Before we begin, of course, uh, today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. Research shows that the two primary reasons people don't read their Bibles is often because they're just either too busy or they just don't understand what they're reading. And so, the goal of the Christian Standard Bible is to have more people reading and understanding the Bible by engaging it and engaging in a translation that's easy to read but is also faithful to the original languages. And the CSB strives to be that very translation an accurate, readable, and shareable translation, a Bible that not only pastors can feel confident in. Preaching from, but a Bible that all church members can feel comfortable reading on their own in their own personal devotional time. Uh, I have benefited greatly from studying and using the CSB on my blog and through my own personal devotions as well. And I know that you will benefit too. Uh, to find out more about the Christian Standard Bible, go to csbible.com. Now for my conversation with Tolian Chavigian uh, talking about the fallen and free Christian life uh, and joy let's sort of just talk about the title um, fallen and free uh, why why are
1: we called that why are we called fallen and free? well uh, number one it describes me <laughs> and describes uh, the vast majority of the human race, fallen and free is kind of another way, a simpler way of saying uh, simultaneously justified and sinner, which is a phrase that Martin Luther coined uh, in Latin. It's simul justus peccator which has been a phrase that has made sense to me intuitively since my college days when I was a brand new Christian. Um, and I was in college, and I was studying the Bible and studying theology and studying philosophy and history. I was required to read a church history book by Robert Weber, who has since passed away. And as he was taking the reader through the time of the Reformation, um, I happened upon this phrase. He introduced—Robert Weber uh, introduced this phrase of Luther to me, simultaneously justified and sinner— and it immediately made sense to me. I stopped in, dead in my tracks as I was reading, doing my homework that night and reading, because I was trying to find a way to describe what life as a Christian for me at that point felt like. For whatever reason, I, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home and I, um, I experienced the best of what Christianity had to offer. And yet I ran away from it all. I dropped out of high school at 16 and got kicked out of my house and lived like a wild man. I lived riotously and recklessly for a number of years. And that season came to an end and uh, God sort of brought me to my senses. And my relationship to God at that point skyrocketed. It took on a whole new meaning to me. And for whatever reason, I uh, was having a difficult time making sense of why now that I'm a Christian, why do I still struggle so much? I mean, Romans chapter 7 also made intuitive sense to me because, um, you know, there the Apostle Paul is describing what the Christian life feels like, the things I want to do. I don't do, and the things that I shouldn't do, I keep on doing, and Paul sort of gives voice to this existential angst and struggle that he faced as a Christian. And so when I came across that phrase of Luther's, simultaneously justified and sinner, I was like, that's it. That describes how I feel every single day. Um, You know, I'm, I'm struggling to to pursue God and to follow God and uh and at the same time I'm struggling against uh you know bad habits and uh just selfish thoughts and pride and greed and all of those things and uh and as a young Christian for me at the time I was 22 it just made sense and so that phrase has always stuck with me it has in many ways been a key uh, component of the sermons that I've preached over the years and the books that I've written. I even have it tattooed on the inside of each of my arms uh, so that I would never forget it. Um, some people may be familiar with my story, but I fell hard in 2015. Uh, and even though I thought I was free before, it took falling as hard as I fell. Uh, to recognize just how enslaved I was to things that I didn't even know I was enslaved to. And so for me, um, you know, success proved to be more dangerous and more toxic than failure. And uh, it took losing everything in many ways uh, to realize just how much I was depending on things smaller than Jesus to invest my life with, meaning and value and significance and all of those things. Uh, And so uh, fallen and free made sense to me on a whole bunch of different levels. Not only did it make sense to me theologically, because we're all fallen. The entire human race is fallen. We are all broken people living in a broken world with other broken people. Uh, And yet, at the same time, because of what God has done for us in Jesus, we are also free. Um, we are simultaneously justified or free and sinner, fallen. Um, and so it made sense to me theologically, uh, and it also made sense to me personally because from a personal standpoint, uh, I could not experience the freedom that Jesus purchased for me until I hit rock bottom. And, um, and so I'm experiencing a whole new level of freedom um, as a result of crashing and burning and bottoming out and uh, really uh, self-destructing. And living with that guilt and that shame and that regret and that loss and all of those things forces me to make a beeline for the cross on a daily basis where my freedom is found.
0: I think to your point, what you were talking about, is so important because fallen and free or simultaneously saint and sinner is such a profound doctrine and something that's super important for all believers of any stripe, any denomination to understand and come to grips with. And I think it's fundamental to our understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Um, And I think that's why I think it's such a great... Uh, Title Introduction, I would say, to what we want to talk about, just because, like you were talking about in Romans 6 and 7, um, the Apostle Paul has this, you know, existential conversation with himself about the things he doesn't want to do and the things he are the things that he's doing and the things that he does um, aren't the things he wants to be doing. And anyway, it's just, I think it's really important for. Christians to understand and come to grips with that reality that that's their, that's who they are. If they believe in Jesus, they are simultaneously saint and sinner, uh, fallen and free. And so I think that's really important.
1: Well, and it gives us a really good handle on what to expect from ourselves and what to expect from other people. Because oftentimes Christians are the least tolerant with people who fall with people who screw up, with people who bottom out. Uh, the world tends to be much more forgiving and much more redemptive in their thinking oftentimes than the church. And I think part of the reason for that is because we have uh, these unrealistic expectations of what Christians ought to be once they become Christians. It's almost like uh, they stop being human they stop being fallen at that point. And the truth of the matter is, they don't. <laughs> um, you know, Christians struggle with the same things that non-Christians struggle with. We struggle with fear. We struggle with insecurity. We struggle with lust and greed and selfishness and anger and uh, all of that stuff. We struggle with the same things. And so I think fallen and free normalizes our expectations for ourselves and for other people. You know, I I, sin just doesn't shock me anymore. (laughs) I mean, in the sense that I'm not shocked when I see sinners sin. uh, It doesn't mean that I like it in myself or I like it in other people. That's not what I'm saying. But the fact of the matter is um, I'm just not shocked by it. I expect sinners to be sinners, um, and I think that helps, and in terms of our relationships with other people, I think it really helps, too, because we're not quick to judge, we're not quick to condemn, we're not quick to, you know, point a finger at them as if we're better than they are, and all of that stuff, so uh, I, I just, I think it's a, it's a title. It's a phrase that makes sense theologically. I think it gives people a good sense of who they are. Uh, it, you know, I know that that phrase for me has given me a, a much better sense of who I actually am. I am simultaneously fallen and free. I am simultaneously at the same time, saint and sinner, uh, justified and sinful at the same time. And, um, And so I just, you know, I, I like it. Plus, you know, it's, it's two F's fallen and free, you know, I mean, it sounds good. It's easy to remember. um, But uh, in, in all seriousness, I think there's, there's a lot of meaning, a lot of helpful meaning packed into those two words, fallen and free.
0: Agreed. And one more quick note, and then we can kind of move on from the title. But, you know, when I was thinking about this phrase, this simultaneously Satan Center, a, a quote came to mind, and I thought I would share it just because I think it's important. It comes from a old preacher by the name of Horatius Bonar. He was uh, a guy over in, I think, Scotland uh, and, uh, back in the 1800s. But he wrote this in his one of his sermons, that God allows man to fall, that he may show how he can love and lift up the fallen. And I think that's kind of what we're, unpacking through the course of all these conversations is just that very fact, that the fact of the gospel is the fact that fallen people don't surprise our Lord Jesus. (laughs) Just like you were saying that we're not surprised or we shouldn't be if we have this understanding of fallen and free in our sort of identity, in our, in our mind's eye. And, And we have to, you know, that colloquial phrase too, that, you know, God knew what he was buying when his son died on the cross. I mean, That's true. He was buying sinners who were going to keep stumbling and keep sinning even after he redeemed them. And I think what the glory of the gospel is that God allows us to fall really hard sometimes. In order to show us just the lengths and just as Paul you know goes on to say in Ephesians chapter um, two he, he allows us to fall so that he can show us the what is the the length and the breadth and the height of this love of God that lifts up the fallen and I think that's really important to remember and I think that's uh, why it makes sense for us to unpack that as you know fellow fallen men
1: um, I well and I, I totally agree I mean I, in my my own experience, um, and I tell people this regularly, I'm like, failure itself is not good. But God brings amazing good out of failure. In fact, as I, as I said a few minutes ago, as I said a few minutes ago, success is far more dangerous than failure. I mean, when I think about my own life, I go, gosh, it's, you know, it's been three years since my own crash and burn. Um, and I go, man, I've had some time to really think through the toxicity that success can have on our souls and the benefits that failure can have in making us more appreciative of who God is making us more humble when it comes to what to expect from ourselves. I mean, I, I success made me cocky and failure actually gave me compassion. I mean, I think about, how success made me proud and how failure gave me much needed humility, how success made me think that I was big and failure made me realize that I was small, how success fueled my love for me, but failure fueled my love for others that, you know, success made me trust in me and failure made me trust in God. I had no choice. I mean, uh, you know, success kind of brought me fans but failure brought me friends. And, um, and, I, I'm in, and it's because of that, really. It's, you know, the success brought me fans and failure brought me friends and how success connected me with people, but failure connected me to people. Um, you know, it's, it's that vision that I think exists behind this podcast because my wife, Stacey, and I get... I mean, I'm telling you, Brad, hundreds of notes... Via social media, emails through my website, people who Christian people, for the most part, uh, who are in crisis, who are experiencing a crisis in life, a crisis in faith. Uh, They are scared to tell anybody about what they're going through. Or what they're experiencing because they're afraid that they'll be rejected. Uh, I mean, I am absolutely convinced that we are in a time in the life of the church where stories of failure are so much more important than stories of success. And I know that sounds kind of crazy but i go that's what the bible tells us because it's in our weakness that we discover god's strength it's in our guilt that we discover god's grace it's in our shame that we discover you know god's salvation that it's in our rebellion that we discover god's rescue and all of those things i mean in my case it was in my slavery that i discovered god's freedom uh and that it was in my failure that i discovered god's faithfulness and so that's ultimately the goal here the goal here is not Um, is not anything other than to really help the masses of people that are out there that don't know where to go for help. And they have discovered in many cases, at least from what we're hearing, that the church is the scariest place rather than the safest place to go and confess their sins and secrets and struggles. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, Brad, why don't we why don't we create a space where we can talk about those things? uh, And I can use some of the stories that people write into me and tell me uh, as sort of a a springboard into what I'm just assuming is the struggle of masses of people out there uh, to talk about those things that people really need to talk about and to give them hope that life is not over, that God still loves them that this mess that they've made of their lives or this mess that someone else has made of their lives uh, can be redeemed. I mean, the gospel is all about redemption and restoration and all of those things. And that can really happen. It's not a pipe dream. It can actually happen because the gospel is actually true and God is actually gracious and God's love is actually unconditional. Um, And so we really want to, I think, give people hope in the midst of some of their deepest and darkest struggles and trials.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like you were saying earlier, this world is (laughs) full of broken people Uh, from a church standpoint. Everyone is in the same boat. They're all sinners dealing with their sin and the sinful world that they're living in. And to avoid that, um, is to really avoid a lot of what you 're going to be doing as a minister, and yeah, like you said we 're going to ha- we 're going to be striving towards how to be restored and all those things yeah, life is going to look a little bit different after that restoration, but it's you're not you 're not dead you 're not dead in the water you 're not stuck in the ditch um, after you fall there. Grace allows us to get back up, and actually, I should say um, grace picks us back up and um, allows us to keep moving forward. And I think that's what we have to highlight because um, a lot of people are hopeless and they're not given much hope in a world that's full of other broken people.
1: Yeah, and you're right. And I think another reason why maybe the timing of this is right is honestly, I'm not sure I was... I wasn't I wouldn't have been able to do it before this. I mean, I'm still in process. I mean, my entire world came crashing down as a result of my own sin and selfishness three years ago, just over three years ago, three years and a few months ago. And, um, and it has taken me uh, a long time to get to the place where I can speak about it, where I can be honest with myself and others about it. Uh, where I can revel in God's love and grace in the midst of it, where I can talk about it. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm divorced and remarried. My family is broken. I committed adultery. I was a pastor. Uh, I mean, I, all of those. I want to talk about all that stuff because the the I'm discovering that the more open and honest I am about my own fears and failures, the deeper it's connecting with people. And it's revealing to me that there are tons of people out there, literally tons of people out there who are, I mean, who are just like me, literally just like me. I mean, that's scary, but it's just like me, which which helps me on the one hand. So I'm like, OK, I'm not alone. And uh, at the same time, I go. No one's alone. Um, I mean, we're you know, we are all we're sort of all in this together, but I, you know, most of the people, most of the people I meet these days are people just like me people who live with guilt and shame and regret and sadness because of what they've done or failed to do, people who would do anything to go back in time and make different choices, but they're presently plagued by the realization that they can't, people who live in fear that they will never hope again, people who have lost everything and wonder whether they will ever experience joy and peace like they used to people who battle suicidal thoughts because they'll never outrun the consequences of their sinful decisions and the people they've hurt, people who endure the painful, inescapable void of broken relationships, people who struggle with believing that anybody, even God, could love them because they've done so many bad, destructive, and hurtful things. I mean, they're that's descriptive of the human race, I'm discovering. <laughs> um, and those are just not things that in all of the years that I went to church— and in all of the years I've served inside the church, those things just weren't talked about as openly as they should be. Um, I mean, you know, the church building where we worship is called a sanctuary for a reason. It's supposed to be a place where we can come and find grace and peace and healing and a place where we don't have to pretend where we don't have to wear masks where we don't have to act like we're better than we are where we don't have to fear rejection because our lives are a complete mess or our marriage is a mess or our kids are a mess or you know i don't want to let anybody know about this addiction that i have because i'm afraid that they'll kick me out i mean all of that stuff is the very real experience that many many people have inside Christian communities, and you and I both lament that. That's not the way it ought to be. Um, And so maybe in some small, minuscule way, this podcast can serve to sort of fill that void a little bit um, and to really connect the uh, sort of the realities of God's grace to the realities of our fallen lives. It is absolute grace. You know, I love, love, love that Corinthians passage you, you referenced because it's so scandalous. It is so scandalous. My pastor, Pat, preached a sermon a number of years ago entitled, Jesus is the greatest sinner I know. And it was such a scandal, um, you know, the title itself. And of course, he wasn't saying that Jesus sinned. Uh, you know, he didn't, he wasn't saying that, but the, That Corinthians passage basically means that Jesus did not simply die for murderers and adulterers, but he died as a murderer and adulterer, which is mind-blowing. It almost seems like, well, that's sacrilegious to say that. That's blasphemous to say that. That's how ridiculously radical the good news of the gospel is. Uh, that the reason he knows all of our pain and all of our guilt and all of our shame and all of our regrets is because he died not just for those things, but he died with those things. Um, and so, I, you know, I think that it's very uh, – I just think it's super, super powerful um, to really remember that because he is our great high priest, And uh, he the the entire uh, message of Christianity really does center on Christ's substitution, not my transformation or your transformation. I mean, the foundation of the Christian faith, the focus of the Christian faith is Christ's substitution, not my transformation or our transformation. And and that's. That's, that's not what we typically hear these days. And so people actually fall prey to believing that, well, God must not love me as much when I screw up. Or uh, I, they people are fearful to run to God when they screw up because they're fearful that they will be rejected by God the way that they are oftentimes rejected by fellow Christians. And, um, and I think, you know, we want to sort of dispel that bad rumor out there uh, that God's love is not unconditional because in fact
0: Thanks again, Fertullian, for, for uh, chatting with me. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking with him. Make sure you read the blog uh, notes for this show and check out all the great resources that are going to be linked there. Uh, and that's it, though, for today's episode of Ministry Minded. Uh, thanks so much for listening along, and uh, I hope you enjoyed what you heard. Be sure to subscribe to this show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter. Uh, and if you're um, uh, just feeling generous, you can leave me a review in iTunes. That would be uh, helpful. Uh, But thanks again to the Christian Standard Bible for sponsoring the show. And thank you, as always, for listening, commenting, and subscribing. I'll see you on the next episode. Blessings.